0: Welcome everybody to Damage Radio, heard here live on MakaRadio.com for music and minds. You already know me, I'm Marcy, and I'd like to introduce my guest at this time. He's a Damage alumni, a good friend of mine, one of the most dangerous minds in the business, the head of operations for the division LLC, the kingpin of professional wrestling. He is the Benjamin King. King, man, thank you so much for your time, man. Great to to hear from you.
1: Marcy, it's always a pleasure to be on Completely Damaged, man. It's uh, it's like home away from home for me at this point.
0: I agree, man. You and I vibe since like the beginning, man. And uh, first off, catch me up with what's been going on with you, man, and this whole COVID thing. How you been transitioning with everything?
1: <laughs> uh, honestly, it it has been a roller coaster. Uh, right up to January first, twenty twenty, was just a really rough day. Um, things just started like kind of falling apart at points. Uh, over the f- next few months, things started picking up. Uh, I got a new job. Uh, my son started doing jiu-jitsu and getting really, really good at it. And then COVID knocked on the door and uh, said that 2020 was going to be the ride of my life. And throughout that time, wrestling was taken away. Uh, obviously, started up a new WWE move. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, whatever a new professional wrestling movement. And uh, then in the summer, I got COVID. And I literally felt like everything I was working for just got stripped away again. And in the time of after that, I, uh, I had a mild heart attack. And once again, it was as if uh, my life was put on the line again and it shook me it shook me to the core that like everything that i was striving for all the good things were starting to happen in my life uh wrestling was taking off my son's jujitsu world is taking off my i move out and i have this phenomenal job that i love it as a shoot job and everything was starting to go right and then it was shot after shot after shot and uh I'm not gonna lie, man. I went to a really, really dark place for a while, and uh, I gotta admit, I know it sounds cheesy, but uh, professional wrestling was actually something that really kept me kept me alive. Uh, a lot of my friends helped me through it. My family helped me through it. Uh, my son, obviously, helped me through it all, and i i know he may not know this but uh danny cage helped me more than he will ever know uh with his posts video clips and just the communication between myself and him with just with payments or video clips or me sending stuff it was always love you homie and always like, he always connected and it always made me feel like I was still part of a family that I thought was being slowly drifting away from me and I needed that connection, Uh, especially when uh, COVID had a lockdown and I couldn't see anybody. So I couldn't see family, I couldn't see friends. I barely got to see my son at times. And uh, I will say that uh, come around July, like late July, things started taking a turn for the better again. Uh, The division started taking off. My son and I started really doing My health started getting better. I was at a very, very large number of my weight, and I've been able to work it down to a more respectable number that I can be able to work off of. And since then, I've just been more focused.
0: So So you had COVID?
1: Yeah. What,
0: what were you experiencing, and uh, how did, did you know right away that you probably might have had it, or did you go
1: get? it? The tested? irony behind it is uh, I thought I was having a heart attack. Wow. Uh, my chest got super tight. I couldn't breathe. Uh, numbness in my body. Uh, I just felt lightheaded. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Uh, I ended up being in my bed for nearly three days because I didn't think it was COVID. I never went anywhere so I never assumed it was COVID and the irony behind is I thought I was having a heart attack and then I just I just got better like I, I just was one day I woke up and I was able to breathe a little bit better I was able to uh move didn't have that tingling sensation Thank God I didn't lose the sense of smell or taste, because you know me. I'm, I'm a man of food. I love <laughs> eating. So if they did that, man, I mean, honestly, just take me out back and Lassie me. Game over. Yeah. I just, I just can't, I can't live that way. Right. But uh, it sucked. It really sucked. It was like myself. I know my mother. We, we assumed she had it as well. So it's, it's, it was a journey. My son, on the other hand, he's, he was perfectly healthy the entire time. Wow. You got those strong genes, man.
0: Right. So talk about that tightness in your chest, man. because I know I've experienced that a lot recently within the last couple of months. Did it feel like a a tight ball? Did it feel like pins and needles? Describe that feeling, man.
1: It felt like uh, I swallowed an eight ball, man. Like, when I breathed, there was like just a solid fist-sized lump in my chest that wouldn't budge, and it was holding back my lungs from being able to expand and... I would try to catch breath, and the air just would not find me. And it was scary for multiple times, because like at the time, I lived in an area where it was just like, I was secluded. So I couldn't really get the air to my lungs to shout for any help that I might need. So it was a scary, it was, I want to say, close to 72 hours to almost 90 hours of just like four straight days of just being unable to move and unable to breathe. And I didn't want to go to the doctors because I felt like if it wasn't COVID me going to a hospital, I would get COVID. Right. But a lot of people fear.
0: Right. So the, the so, naysayers yeah. out there that, you know, say COVID's all hype. It's not real and all that stuff on a radio friendly, uh, reaction what was your response to those those naysayers that are just you know
1: breaking the rules guys just mask up like i know living in ignorant bliss can be sometimes rewarding but we literally went through a pandemic we went through a lot of pandemics but this was the og pandemic that we've had to deal with people died like you can't ignore the fact that people died So please, just mask up. Listen to what the laws are telling you. If you get tested positive, just quarantine, guys. Like, pop a computer on, pop a TV on. Netflix has a lot of series. Catch up on shows that you ignored for years. And just take care of yourself so you can take care of everybody else around you.
0: Right. Now, this mini heart attack you're feeling, like, was that the first time you ever felt an experience like this before? And how can you describe it?
1: It was just, it was, it was weird. When, when it all was happening, it wasn't just like a sudden thing. It was basically throughout like almost a day, almost like into like two days long. I I felt a little tightness in my chest, but it wasn't like soul gripping and like falling apart. It was just, just an uncomfortable tightness. And throughout the day, my left arm started feeling really, really weak. Uh, I couldn't really like. I was lifting. I remember picking up a plate to grab dinner with, and I just remember it was just make. I, I just made pasta, like it was just meat sauce and noodles, and the plate felt so much heavier than it should have. And I remember eating about a quarter of the food, and I just, I was just so uncomfortable that I couldn't couldn't eat. And then I sat down in my recliner and my chest just started to just started getting tighter over like hours of time. Next thing I know I am sweating cold. I'm holding my chest because it just feels like I'm trying to push something like out. Like, as if it was like that, like that eight ball was in my chest again. It felt like I was trying to push it out of my chest and, uh, yeah, man, it sucked. It definitely sucked. And, uh, if it wasn't for my one friend taking me to the hospital and me getting checked out, I would have never known. I would have just thought I got COVID again and that sucked again. But you know, doc, doc straight up said he's like, "You had a uh, you had a heart attack at 30 years old, man. You need to make some changes." And that's when the weight losses started happening because, yeah, change was needed. Yeah, <laughs> man. Cool.
0: Talk about the the struggle, especially when you were in that dark place, to making sure that with COVID on top of it, of uh, making sure your, your, your son had a semi-normal life with everything going on and being virtual schooling and all that. Dude, that, it was, that, how's, that how's that going for you? Because I know, you know you're a father just like I am.
1: Uh, at first, it was really rough, man. Uh, trying to be a teacher and a parent and separating both of those titles, uh, giving him a peaceful area that he could be able to do his work. Uh, I'll, I'll give my mother... All the credit, man. She was literally the number one support that I had. Uh, My mother came in. She took my son when I wasn't well, and she just took care of him, helped him out, made sure he had everything. And then when I was doing better, uh, his room turned into his classroom slash bedroom, and he just felt comfortable. I made it a comfortable situation where if he needed work, I was right there because at the time I wasn't able to work because my company got shut down that of my shoot job so I was home a lot so I was able to help him whenever he needed the help and it was it was good because it as much as I know he needs to go to the school and see his friends and do the activities like we did when growing up it was nice to be able to take the time to bond with him with wrestling being our pause work being our pause I got to build that relationship with my son make it even stronger than it was before.
0: Nice. And I know before you having him had that birthday party at the, the MFPW, that was a highlight of, of, of his life, early life already. And yours too, I bet.
1: So mad when we couldn't do it again this year. He wanted yeah. to so bad, and unfortunately it just wasn't going to be the case. Right. But hey, that's what one's for.
0: Same here, man. We had uh, two birthdays now. My son, when he turned five, and then when he just turned six, Zoom party. So we're doing Zoom Batman party. Of course, you know all about Zoom, how how it has delays. So we're singing Happy Birthday. Everyone's staring at us, like, you know, not even singing back. And then a minute later, they start singing Happy Birthday. So it was a complete cluster, you know what. And I'm like, oh, my God. Presents? Bye, guys. You know, it's like you try so hard to make sure they have something, but... It's always for COVID and everything. You always feel like you're in that chokehold, man. It's like, like nothing is like smooth.
1: And, not at all. Nothing has been smooth for literally almost a year now, man. But we're making it work now. Yeah. Doing what we can. Right.
0: And we're trying not to let it divide people, you know? Like, you know.
1: It's, uh, it's funny when you say it. Because no matter, what, no matter what this world will do, we're all going to be divided by something. Right. It's, it could be, like, I'm not trying to make this a racial thing, but it can be a black versus white. It can be chocolate versus vanilla. It could be apples to oranges. People are just, it's just a, a habit, a natural attitude to be argumentative. Mm-hmm. It's just in the human nature to debate. And we can be able to strip it all down to the mere bones and meat of it. It's just how people are. It's just the fact that people need to be able to open their minds a little bit better to kind of see what side is actually the more logical choice to any argument. I mean, it doesn't
0: it doesn't have to be the better choice. It's just just logical right now. Yeah, like what we had, right.
1: Oh, everyone's dying from an illness. What should we do? I don't know. Put a mask on that. That alone became a divide in our world. And I myself could not understand why. Yes, it sucked wearing a mask. It still sucks wearing a mask. But after like eight months of wearing a mask, it kind of became just a habit of, I got my car keys, got my cell phone, got my wallet, got my mask. It just becomes part of your day. Right. You don't think about it now, but people still want to complain because they don't want to wear it.
0: Now, here's a question for you before we get into professional wrestling. uh, (laughs) Say if you get the vaccine, you still got to wear the mask and you still got to socially distance. Do you feel uh, that we should wait until all the vaccines are out and then everyone get done? Or is it that little bit at a time and hopefully by the summer – we can kind of start getting out again.
1: So I'm going to be real with you. Uh, I do not think the masks should be removed. Pro- I, now I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. I'm fine with it, but like the truth be told, and that's because I work in the medical field. I I see a lot of stuff, and it's given to me. I don't think we should take the masks off till 2023's end. I think, I like, and not end, 2022's end, 2022's okay. end. Uh, the reason why, I, dude, I'm so far ahead in my life right now, it's, it's crazy. But the end of 2022, I believe that's when the mask should be removed, because that now gives the entire United States the ability to go through an entire year of 2021 vaccines. A second round of vaccines going through the following year. In that time, we can see if it's working, side effects, because like, you know, polio took seven years, man. Like, yeah. we, like, unless these guys had the vaccine before this disease was put out there, I don't believe that a vaccine is a miracle like that.
0: Yeah, no.
1: no. That's my belief. Again, I can take the heat for it, but that's my personal belief on it.
0: The only thing I believe is how accurate the Simpsons have, has always
1: been. Yeah, yeah, that that's a whole other chapter of my life that I could talk about. Yeah, but I don't want to get into the Simpsons theories, man. We can talk about that in a whole other episode.
0: Definitely, man. (laughs) Definitely. So you mentioned how you had a new job, man. What what are you up to now?
1: I am a program supervisor for a company that takes care of uh, children with autistic disabilities. Uh, I helped set up the program. It's kind of like a daycare program, but unlike just a normal daycare, we set it up for Uh, children that have both mental and physical disabilities and we set up arts and craft projects we work on their socialization skills and we try to get them to work together work on their physical uh, OT and just being able to like converse with one another because like let's be real uh, a regular daycare is let's get them all in there make sure they're fed and taken care of until parents pick them up my program I want them to be able to come in on a Wednesday and leave on a Friday with a new skill. That's, That's my goal. Awesome.
0: That's awesome, man. Now, is it based out of Jersey, or is it, is it all over? Is Jersey. It
1: uh, uh, goes from uh, places such as Mount Laurel to Pennington to it's, uh, we're We're starting to try to shoot further down to, like, vineland area stuff like that we're trying to kind of branch out a lot
0: okay that's awesome man well you Just, talked about divide let's talk about the division man the, the <laughs> true the true division now um talking about little each individual what drew you to them what kind of accomplishments that you were like wow i swear i want to be a part of, of, of this uh this new uh division
1: well the division uh actually started with uh, including myself eight different members which i know is a very large number for just a group of guys getting together but we all at the time had this idea that started growing and originally started with myself the notorious Mimi, travis jacobs and royal money we started working out at a triple w a in quaker town and it was just just a fun idea that the four of us yeah. got together I came up with a concept and the guys were just willing to ride with it and see where it goes. And then COVID obviously occurred and brakes were put on to the car that uh, drove us through. And while I was away and just kind of uh, taking a back seat, I started talking to Shaheem Ali, who Royal uh, actually introduced me to and me and him started conversing back and forth together and we started getting some ideas flowing and then i met deshaun pratt from lucha riot and i started interacting with him and me and him clicked like family right out the gate and then i started talking to rico de la vega because man back when me and the prowl were fighting against unstable and rico and Congo, me and Rico in the back, just we vibed like family. And then Shaheem told me about O'Shea Edwards and said, like, hey, man, he's going to be a big star. He's a good dude. Reach out to him. Ask him if he wants to be a part. I did, and O'Shea was in. And it was the eight of us. And then time went by, and then uh, Royal Money and Shaheem Ali both came to me at separate times and told me they had uh, different plans for what they wanted to do, and Dude, I just straight up told him I was like, hey, man, you always have family here, but if you have what you want to do, kill it, man. You're going to have my support. I'll share everything about what you're doing. Just uh, promise me you'll succeed. And that's all I cared about. Like, it didn't matter if you were part of the group or if you were just somebody who was associated by just friendship or family. Once I want to see people succeed, and that's what the division started becoming, a group of success. And it wasn't just like, and I made this statement a lot, and a lot of people don't seem to understand it, but I'll say it again. The division is not a tag team, it is not a stable, and it's not a faction. The division is a movement, and it's a movement to take the stars of today and push them through the glass ceiling to challenge everyone and anybody that call themselves the best and challenge them for that title. Like, promotions have their heavyweights, their light heavyweights, their tag team division, their females division. They have physical titles. That title of being known as the best, that title alone is something that no promotion can carry. That's something you carry to a promotion. And the group of people that I I affiliated with, in my mind, and along with a lot of others, are some of the best in the business today. So I pushed them forward. You ask me why I picked these individuals? Very easy. The Notorious Mimi. She is one of the youngest female professional wrestlers in the industry. Period. And she can probably out-wrestle a large portion of the females that have gone to bigger-named companies. She is talented beyond her years. And truthfully, I could have not picked a better female star to fit the role that she does. Travis Jacobs, again, a young kid with a lot of heart. He is someone who is determined to be the best that he could possibly be. He listens to everything, soaks it all in, and displays it each time he steps to those ropes. And if he sees that he did something wrong, he corrects it for the next time he's in the ring. He adapts, and that's something I will always cherish about Travis Jacobs. Rico De La Vega, you are aware, as much as I am aware, Rico is one of the best talkers in the business. But as much of a talker as he is, the man can also wrestle. He knows the fundamentals. He knows how to put on a match. And he knows how to make the psychology make sense. His experience in all the platforms Easy choice. Deshaun Pratt, 14 years in the business. He is a graduate of Shikara of old. He is somebody who has not only shown that he is somebody who, ha- he should have gotten his chance on so many other platforms, but he is so humble that he does not complain about it. He simply takes what he's given and he makes it work. And his goal is to just keep grinding. There is nobody in this business that I can respect more than a man who is able to take 14 years of experience and use it to only better himself even more. Like it's not one of the things where he complains that it's I'm owed this in his eyes. It's my time is going to show up. And when that door is opened, I'm walking through and I'm kicking everybody's ass. And that's something I respect. O'Shea Edwards. The man's a damn monster, R.C. He is strong. He is fast. He has a personality that's unfathomable. He is somebody that I call family because he and I have bonded from the moment me and him started talking. The creativity in his mind is unmatched. And he honestly, like, I can't even tell you how grateful I am that he has mentored me in a lot of things that I wasn't aware of. Because as you know, RC, I'm, I'm the baby in the group. I have the least amount of years among all the people. Right. But that's the thing that people underestimate about me. I don't take my years of professional wrestling and put it in, put it in the division. No, I take my years of life and I put it into the division. You have wrestlers out there that go, I, I'm a 10-year vet, I'm a 15-year vet, I'm a 20-year vet, I've been in this business longer than, you, than some of these wrestlers have been alive. And in my eyes, that's awesome, man. I went through 10 years of struggles that I don't talk about, I don't complain about. I went through my 10 years. I'm gonna take those 10 years of real life. I wanna put it to professional wrestling. You might have 10 years over me in the business, but I got 10 years of a story that is about to be told in the ring. So you wanted to be introduced to the division. There you go. We're coming in with so much to offer on so many different levels and so many different stages that if anybody wants to question any of us, All you got to do is pay attention.
0: So by having the best of the best in your group, you're never going to slack because you're always going to be on each other to make sure each person is going to try to shine. And if you you have everyone that's trying to be the best they can be, there will be no flaws because everyone's going to make sure they pick themselves up and keep going one step higher. And that's a smart
1: mindset of yours. And that's not just my group. If we go to a promotion out in Cali, we want California to give us their best stars. Because if their best stars fight our best, the fans win. Yeah. We learn something that Cali could teach us, meaning we get better. We teach Cali something we know. That means Cali gets better. Professional wrestling goes to the next level. We say a saying in the division: either evolve or die. And the simple statement means either you evolve in this business, become better than what you were yesterday, or you will find your career coming to a very fast stop. And Especially have- when
0: you're putting your, your, your body on the line every single day. Yeah, of course, you, were, you should want to, want to uh, evolve. 100%. And if you're not going to evolve, why are you going out there? Why are you risking your, your blood, your blood, your soul, your body? every single day
1: and unfortunately that's the that's the thing about professional wrestling and that's the reason why i say give us your best because if you don't if you step into that ring with a guy such as o'shea edwards travis jacobs who are big men who can physically throw you around and you don't know how to handle that you're going to get hurt and you're going to get hurt because of your irresponsibility They're not going to get hurt. They're well-trained. They're some of the best. If you don't step up and show us that you are at their level, you're going to get hurt because of your bad choices and not evolving in this business.
0: So the knowledge that you're getting at the world-famous Monster Factory, you've now traveled to other promotions. Are you seeing how maybe lucky – and how grateful you are to have someone like Danny Cage and have the team behind him that makes sure you guys keep your, you know, what in line.
1: I will say this right now, traveling around, seeing some of these promotions, seeing some of these other schools that have some training seminars and stuff. If you are listening to this and you want to get into professional wrestling and be trained in the best way possible, call Danny Cage, go to the Monster Factory in Paulsboro, New Jersey, put on a green shirt, and put your ass to work. Because there is no other school. Now, mind you, there's a lot of good schools. I will say that now. There's a lot of good schools. If you want to be a great professional wrestler, Go to the world famous monster factory. I'm plugging the hell out of this RC. Go to the world famous monster factory if you want to be a great professional wrestler.
0: The man has his phone number on his car. Like literally, that speaks passion. That speaks. I know what I know. He has what I'm doing.
1: His car. He has it on his website. You can't miss the number. And he, if you're interested he will bring you in and let you check the place out. Take advantage, people. You
0: know, you speak to that. Talk about the trainers there and how each one of them, what they bring to the table for you and for the rest of the people there.
1: Well, that's the nice thing. Uh, as you already know, RC, I have some injuries that have stopped me from being able to get into the ring as much as I want to do it. Who knows what the future will hold? Right. But you have Danny Cage. You have Missy Sampson. You have Ricky Reyes. These are people who have been in the business, who have gathered knowledge from a lot of different sources, and they are building in a new era of professional wrestlers. Missy Sampson, I have had more than a dozen conversations on just where I can grow in. And every time I talk to her, I have, it's like I read a chapter in a history book That I just learned something that I should have already known, but now it's like clear as day. Ricky Reyes can show you so much in his 21 plus years in being in the business from working a whole to doing the proper suplex to just getting the characters behind you. And when I tell you, if you truly, truly can handle it, Ricky Reyes will give you his opinion. Sometimes, such as myself, he will tear you apart. It's a learning experience. If you can't handle criticism, don't get in the business. Yeah. Just don't do it. And Danny Cage, he'll tell you how he feels. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll have fun with you. He'll make you feel welcome. You, if you screw up, he will tell you. And he's not afraid to, which is something I respect about all of them. They're not afraid to tell you where you go wrong. But if they see you slacking, good luck.
0: Yep. And Danny will also teach you what the capital of Thailand is as well. Yes, he will. Yep, and I knew that from a couple of occasions. What he likes <laughs> to do to me just just because he knows, he, he gets the giggles out of it, and he knows that I fall for it every single time. And it kind of like goes with the show now. Damaged, you know.
1: 100 <laughs> percent, man.
0: <laughs> but with uh with Missy, it's uh I interviewed her and I knew her for a long time, and they learned from the old school, like Heidi Lee Morgan, with Primetime Amy Lee. When they're doing back bumps on a board. Like in a basement, like they're, that's real talk, you know. That's like they're really there's no padding. That's just the love of it, you know. And they doing it over and over again, and the fact that they're still here and now they want to give it to you guys, that speaks volumes, man. That, that's us, awesome.
1: I don't want to steal a line from Casey Navarro, but uh, we're blessed to have the trainers that we do at the MFBW, man. Hundred percent. And
0: and you never know who's gonna show up. Homicide. X
1: we've had. I can just say now the last three that I recall showing up has been Homicide, Damian Priest, Jonathan, Jonathan Gresham, uh, Grizz. We've had uh, Warhorse show up during the Synergy combined. Like, there's been a lot of stars out there who just show up. I mean, even in the past, I want to say in August, the the Lucha House Party showed up to roll around for a little bit with a few people. Really? Yeah. Like, they posted it up on Twitter. Like, if I wasn't there, but, like, Lince Dorado posted it up saying, rolling around at the factory for a little bit. A few, a few special pick members got to roll around with them. That's a huge deal. That's what I talk about. If you bust your ass, I don't mean the curse, but I'm going to be real. If you yeah. bust your ass, you're going to get rewarded. There's a lot of guys who have busted their ass factory for over years, who are getting the treatment they deserve because they've put in the work. Right. I'm going to put one shout out to one individual specifically, and that's Goldie. He is probably one of the best talents. That kid's going to go somewhere. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'll say that right now. Outside of the division crew. He is going to go somewhere, and I cannot wait to see him succeed. Simple as that.
0: And the charisma and, like, just the ideas behind it, Like that TV show that he has gone on with, with, with Waters, and uh, that was – I was I slamming was, I was, I was my butt off, man. That was crazy.
1: The kid's talented in many ways, man. He's going to go far in this. And most importantly, he's young.
0: Yeah. You know? that, that, that's pretty cool. So let's talk about the philosophy of the division. What is the game plan, and what was, what's that all about?
1: I think we kind of, we kind of uh, covered that earlier when I stated that we're challenging people to be, to be the best they can be, to bring us their best versions. But it's also, I, I say the statement a lot, we all say it a lot, we are change. And the reason why I say that is because of what the division built itself off of Uh, The ideas of what happened back in May and June with the Black Lives Matter movement, with the Speaking Out movement, there's a lot of things that were happening. And we started noticing a lot of racism, sexism, favoritism, uh, a lot of isms that were occurring outside of our walls, but also within professional wrestling. And a lot of people were seen from being these big stars, to being very dirty, dirty people. And it made me realize that that needed to change. So I talked to the crew of people that I have and they all agreed that needed to change. So we started deciding we're gonna make a new movement. We're going to go to promotions. We're going to show the locker room how to be respectful, how to be professional, how to put on an all-star match. And if we see any shady stuff happening in the back, we're going to handle it. We're not going to go to promotion promoter. We're not going to go knock on our door saying, hey, this guy's doing this. No, we're going to handle it right there. We're going to go outside. We're going to handle it. Simple as that. And that's the mentality behind it. We want locker rooms when we walk in to go straighten their back and acknowledge the fact that there is a presence there that will handle business. Such as, and when I say professional O'Shea Edwards comes to mind for this one. At Titan Championship Wrestling, on the debut day that me and O'Shea Edwards were showing up, there was a group known as Waves and Curls going up against a a group known as Primal Fear, as you well know. One of their members ended up falling down wrong, breaking his arm. We were up to do something right after that. O'Shea Edwards put his hand on my shoulder. He says... Go out there, start cutting the promo. Didn't wait for Billy to tell us what to do. He just told me to do it. I grab the mic. I go out there. I cut the promo. We take the crowds and the entire attention, and we bring it to us. So that way they're not talking about the kid breaking his arm. They're talking about what's happening right now. And that's the mentality of professionalism. You know how to handle the situation on the go. There's a saying that I've heard a lot in the business, do and apologize later. Because sometimes the promoter is not going to be there to give you the answer. Sometimes you have to make that call to help the show, and that could could either be a big payoff or it could risk your time there. It could be something where the guy goes, I'm going to rely on you to be here more often, or that might be the last time you ever show up at that show. But when you have to do something, you have to do it and hope for the best. And that's what the professional side. So when it comes to the division, we want to make everybody get that mentality where you are the ones that can be the ones that make change in professional wrestling. When I, when I say we are change, when Rico Della Vega, Notorious Mimi, Travis Jacobs, O'Shea Edwards, Deshaun Pratt, when we say we are change, It means that we are going to help bring change to the business that we love. And when I reached out to John, and when I reached out to Monster Tarver to make the music for the division, that was the message that I needed to be put into that lyrics. We're not going to be like the normal groups out there. Most groups are like, we're the best tag team in the world. Other groups are saying, too sweet, we're the best faction in the world. We're not a faction. We're not a tag team we're not stable like dx or nwo we might hit at a lot of these things but the long run we're a movement we aren't stopping if members leave new members join doesn't stop the 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 train keeps rolling we're not stopping a train stop we're just rolling through the tracks get off the tracks if you're not ready to take the hit
0: i love it straight up man and uh one thing about this business is that you learn as an individual how to be a businessman. Um, talk about how you built yourself from it and how that leads into the division
1: as well. So I, I actually have to give a little credit to uh, one of your favorite people in the world, Dr. Carl Martin. He, when I first showed up to the MFPW he was like a mentor when it came to me realizing I was going to be in a managerial place. And he gave me a lot of insight on what to do and how to do it and what to be upset about, what to ignore, just all the groundwork that I needed. But then he gave me solid advice that helped me the most. Told me about audit classes in college. He's like, you can just go to college classes, audit them. You won't get any credit for them, but you'll learn something. I was like, all right. So I started taking classes in psychology, started taking classes in business, started doing a little extra stuff to help me develop what my character concept was. But then I started thinking about my life experiences, the things I've struggled with. So I started taking the stuff I'm learning from books and what I'm learning from my life, and I started fusing them. And then Ricky Reyes tells me to look up a few names that he said my character kind of gave him the, the impression of. So I looked up people like J.J. Dillon and I started developing their habits. And then Shaheem Ali told me to start looking up people such as Wilson Fisk, Tobias Whale, kingpins that are fictional characters that could help develop my being. And it was just a group. It was just a compiling of a bunch of different stuff and literally, it just at that point, it was just weeding out the things that weren't mine, things that weren't me. And then, as soon as I got all the weeds out, then I started trying to cut the trim to make that tree that I'm trying to grow, my tree, that has a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but it's mine. And that's how a business starts. Every business has taken from something else, but that's just how businesses work. They see something they like, and they grow off it. Chick Fil A had a banging chicken sandwich then boom Popeye's popped out of nowhere it has a better sandwich y'all can say I'm wrong but I don't care Popeye's chicken sandwich is a shizdig I don't care what you say that's just how it is but that's how businesses work they take and they grow their own off of something else at the end of the day we're all sharing the same idea it's just who could do it better
0: so what's one thing you wish you knew back in the day that you know now from a business standpoint.
1: Listen. The simple word, listen. There's a lot of things that people such as Royal Money, Danny Cage, some of the guests that have shown up to the factory, my mother. There's a lot of people that have told me some wise things that I straight up ignored. And then 10 years later, go, damn, I should have listened. Right? <laughs> I know that, man. But that's just how it is, man. Like, right, it is. That's why if you look at all my posts, I say pay attention because one of the biggest things, and this is going to be me spoiling a lot, but a lot of people are probably going to ignore this and move on with their lives. Read the hashtags, read what I write, look at the quotes that I put. Everything is telling a story. It's not random. It's not just, I want this. I'm going to post that. No, there's a story being told. If you pay attention you'll see what's developing. It's just the simple fact that you got to pay attention. you got to observe. you got to listen. I've been saying this since the debut, back when I was with the Prowl. These are the same things. There's a story being told. And it's something that if you don't catch it, you're going to miss something really special.
0: Right. So 2021 is January now. Uh, what, is, what are some individual goals that you have for yourself, both professionally and in professional wrestling, and also goals as a unit?
1: For me individually, to hone my my craft. I truly want to be the best mouthpiece, the best manager, both in wrestling, but also for my group. I want to be able to make sure they get the best deals. I want to make sure a lot of the stress is taken off their shoulders. I want to learn how to do all of that. On top of that, I want to get the surgeries that I need. I want to lose the weight that I need to lose. And to those who are listening and RC, I want to get in that ring one day. I don't have to be a full-time athlete, but I do want to get into that ring one day. My son deserves that. I deserve that. All the fans who have bugged me for the last three years deserve that. I should get into that ring, and I want to be able to participate in a match that could be special just for the story alone. That's my goals. As a group, we're gonna do the same thing we were doing and planning for in 2020. We're going to travel. We're going to go promotion after promotion. We're going to challenge for the best. We're gonna challenge for titles. We're going to take on any oncomers that wanna fight us. We're gonna make our names bigger and brighter than any other star. And we're going to take all the supporters that we have those who buy the merchandise, those who are interviewing us, those who are giving us photo ops, those who are doing video ops, those who are simply saying our name, saying that we are going to be the best in professional wrestling. All of those people are going to be on the ride with us. If you just look on Twitter, on Instagram, there's people out there that support us a lot. One being special, there's a girl named Becca who has supported the division since we arrived at TCW. She has supported Mimi especially. Every time. Every time she shares or comments on any of our stuff, we thank her, we retweet it, we make sure she knows that she's part of this. You're all a part of the movement. This is extending past professional wrestling. We want to see completely damaged, become the podcast. We want to see Bob Culture Podcast become one of the best podcasts. We want to see the MFPW become the school that other promotions are sending guys to to learn more from. We want everyone that is attached to our names be the place, the people to work with. And that's, that's that's not my philosophy. That's just going to be the fact. That's the goal.
0: Well, another fact is uh, opportunities. With AEW now on the rise, it's been over a year now. Uh, Talk about your thoughts on the product. Do you enjoy AEW Dark? And also, um, we actually finally got to see some MFPW guys in the stands. And also, one guy who is money, have his own entrance music, and a chance to wrestle with the gun club, man. Talk,
1: let's talk about all that. So I'll say this right now. I am proud of every single one of those guys. Uh, all the guys that have gone to AEW, Dark, who have worked for the business for a little in there, everyone from such as Royal Money, who you were hinted towards getting to wrestle against the gun club. Against Billy Gunn, especially. That's a special freaking moment, man. And then you have guys such as Nick Camarado going up against John Moxley, the former AEW heavyweight champion, another factory guy.
0: And looking have- at Nick, you got to think right away of Dr. Carl Martin.
1: Every time. I, Every the time. Guy, the puffy hair automatically makes me think of Nick. It's just how it works. And it's just, it's special to see it all developing. Now, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't somebody who watched AEW Dark that often. Not because I couldn't, it was more so, didn't click for me. Like, I don't tend to watch the product too much as these days, because I'm always working, I'm always, I'm always moving, so I don't get time to sit down and watch it. And when I do get to watch stuff, it's like me going on Instagram, looking at clips of what happened to the show are going and putting the putting the recorder on and seeing what I recorded and trying to watch it as I'm working. But like seeing some of these guys, such as like Brian Pillman Jr. who I got to share a ring with back when I was working with Royal and Travis, it's just really really special to be able to have the connections and looking at my son going, your dad worked with that guy before. Your dad knows this one. He's got to meet him before it's a nice connection because like like you know rc my son's with the reason why i even got into business so when he gets hyped up to see guys that he knows i've worked with it's just a really special moment i watch aw dark a lot more now yeah. um because now my when i showed him royals match my son now is like aw dark everything he wants to see aw he wants to watch aw dark or He wants to watch the actual product Same. My son's mad right now that negative one is on there and he's not. Like, it's just it's like little things like that, man. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's great just to see that product rise. And uh, how about it Sting? Man, coming back. Now, we got just found out it's going to be part of a street fight with Darby versus uh, Team Tez. Like, I get it, Sting, from the standpoint of he wants to end on his terms, to do that, like, cinematic match. But street match with a guy that doesn't mind taking bumps in derby, How do you think it's going to work out for Sting?
1: Well, I'll say this much. There is... All the people that are wrestling in that match are well-trained. Simply put. They're all well-trained. They're all, they've all been travelers. They know how to work. And if it's being filmed as a cinematic match... A lot more precautions could be taken it's a lot easier to handle that situation do i think this is sting's last match he's ever going to do no not at all as for him going to aew i'm proud of him for doing that i think that was probably one of the best moves he could have done because here's the thing about the wwe i love both brands but the wwe they They take NXT and they mold NXT stars into becoming WWE stars. AEW is literally a melting pot of all of it. You got Indie Darlings fighting class vets. You have Jericho facing Jungle Boy. Like matches such as that where you see that melting pot. That's why I'm I'm growing with AEW a lot more. Because I get to see things like WWE... It's a rent to recycle kind of mentality. Like every match you get, you tend to see the same patterns, the same move sets, the same chemistry. Whereas AW, it's different. You kind of get a mixture of everything. Ne- no match is ever the same match. There's a lot more flips because again, yeah, a there's, lot more flips, there's yeah. a lot, a lot of indie guys in there, but each match is its own, its, its own thing.
0: And you got the Vets telling them to slow again.
1: down. Ricochet and AJ Styles last week, that, that ending was a beautiful way of ending that match. Yes. But I still think AEW's doing what I said back when we talked before. Once they get that wheel on the ground and it starts rolling, they're going to go through it all. The impact thing, that's, that's something that has to grow on me. In my personal opinion, I think Impact stars such as Rich Swan need to be included on AEW a little. Mm -hmm. They need to blend. If they're going to really do this blending competition thing, they can't just rely on the Good Brothers. They need to toss a few other females from the Impact onto AEW, vice versa. They need to blend it a little bit. Doesn't have to be a lot.
0: Sammy Callahan versus John Moxley going back to ZCW days.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I straight up thought John Moxley was gonna attack Kenny Omega on impact. Yeah. I, I would have popped for that. I would have thought that would be a cool. Didn't yeah. happen. Might happen. Didn't happen. That's what it is. But they have such a cool opportunity that most companies would never take the risk on. So this right now is kind of like ECW and WCW joining forces to blend their people together it's a lower brand that don't get me wrong Impact is always going to be one of my favorites to watch because I remember back on TNA and NWA prior with everything going on with, it, with uh, TNA back in the day that's when I fell in love. that's where my number one favorite wrestler is from Samoa Joe Like that's that's where he that's why that will always be one of my top favorite places to watch, because it gave me somebody that was basically the new Taz, and then they brought Taz. (laughs)
0: Let's not forget about Joe versus Kurt Angle. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's and that's what I mean. Like AEW is becoming what TNA was. The only difference is that this is now taking indie guys from all over. And then using AEW Dark to test them out and seeing, hey, should we put them on the main roster yet? Right. Which I thought was a great—it's a great business strategy.
0: Right. Now before thought we it. wrap up, I got to get your opinion. What's your thoughts of Goldberg coming back for his one or two appearances a year, getting pushed right to the main event?
1: I said this before. I'll say this again. This is no disrespect to Goldberg. I don't want it. Yeah, I agree. I know, I, there's no disrespect to the guy. Like, He will always be what he has always been. He's going to be a star. They made him a star in WCW. They made him a star when he went to WWE to be a star. He, he still carried that brand. What they are doing with him and Drew McIntyre, I don't like it. I don't want it. It was thrown, my, it was thrown in way my too quickly. son says he doesn't want to watch the match. Yeah. Like, it's... There's no draw to it, and that's the saddest part. Because Drew McIntyre, phenomenal athlete, Goldberg, big star power. No offense to the guy, I'm never gonna forget Undertaker versus Goldberg. Yeah. I'm just not gonna. The man concussed himself, leaving in the locker room. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, I don't want to put that on him because, like, I respect Goldberg for all that he's done. But there is a time and place where you just go, I'm gonna do special appearances. Steve Austin, he started a podcast. Yeah. He shows up occasionally. Cool. He doesn't have to do a stunner anymore. Nope. He doesn't even have to drink beer. He just has to show up, flip somebody off, and move on with his life. Right. Go over, do a motorcycle show, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Drink do an interest that you have. Work with WE. Start up a little podcast for yourself. Like do something. Just stop the wrestling, please. We don't want anybody else getting hurt, including yourself.
0: Well, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you, uh, Benjamin King, for uh, always being a supporter of damage, always having my back. And uh, I know for a fact the sky is the limit, not only for you, but for the division itself. And um, keep keep grinding, keep doing what you're doing, both professionally and personally, man. And you and I only can go one step higher, man. So I wish you a lot of luck.
1: And man, together we're going to elevate this game. Promise you that.
0: Definitely. Now, so for the damage fans out there that want to follow your journey, buy merch, this is your chance, man. Where can they go?
1: You can find our merch on Pro Wrestling Tees, or you can find it on, you can, you can, honestly, you could just go on our Twitter, which is Division LLC, and you'll be able to find all the links to all of our connections. You can go on Instagram, still find it at The Division LLC, and you can go on Facebook for The Division LLC. For me, you can find me on all platforms at Benjamin King MF. Simple as that. Win a maneuver and pro wrestling tease are the two stores to find.
0: Benjamin King is an honor for me to say this right now. You, my friend. I've just been completely damaged on MonkaRadio.com, where music and minds meet.